walk into a stadium, 8,000 people, they all want you to lose. But as long as you got your 26 guys ready to kick ass, or kick butt, you're going to be all right. Sorry, I swear. What's going on, everyone? We are back with yet another episode of The Shock Factor, where I, Stephen Shock, have uh, crawled out of my hole of mourning. And, you know, I'm no longer in mourning. We are recording in the evening. Tomorrow morning, I will not be mourning, though, because, you know, I'm over it. Mm-hmm. And I'm joined here by Jake Mintz and Jordan Schusterman. How are you guys doing? We're doing good, Steve. It was weird to do the show without you. The shock factor became simply the factor, and it felt incomplete and uninteresting. But I, Jake Mintz, and this Jordan Schusterman, we are ready to dive back, back into the world of college baseball with you, our friend Steve. Yes, and you know, yesterday, two of the best possible games you could ever imagine. From an entertainment perspective, from, from not an entertainment, for Steve's mental health. Yes, yeah. yes, which Steve basically told us when we saw him in the lobby last night drinking heavily, which is fair. Today, uh, was it as good as yesterday? No. Was it really freaking good and way better than any of the days yet last year? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And we are going to begin with the night game, the LSU Tigers against the Volunteers of Tennessee volunteering themselves as tribute as Paul Skeens took the mound and uh, Paul Skeens did Paul Skeens things. And we got a little bit of drama late, which we can get to, but uh, Jake Mintz, uh, let's begin with you. Paul Skeens, we you know we saw Paul Skeens in Round Rock earlier this season, and he was marvelous. But with all due respect to the Carbach Round Rock Classic, uh, the stakes did not feel quite the same. No. The crowd was not quite the same. No. The energy, the just everything about it was not quite the same. And this was couldn't draw it up any better. Him against and an, you know a, another SEC opponent, and uh, holy shit. Uh, it's probably a good place to start for Paul Skeens. I will pull up his line. Jake has his scorebook out, which is nice, but I have the box score as well. But uh, would you like to give us the line on Mr. Skeens? Um, 12 Ks. That's the that's the main one thing. One walk. One walk, 12 Ks, two earned runs, one of which came after he exited the mound late in the ballgame in the eighth. He was electric. He was everything we were promised. He threw, what, 123 pitches? And 43 of those were 100 or faster. Steve, how does that make you feel? I threw upwards of 500,000 pitches lifetime. (laughs) Zero. (laughs) Zero above 100 miles an hour. And one was in the back of a U-Haul driving 120. So... (laughs) Yeah, do, you do, do the math on that, that one. Math. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a um, lot of questions. A lot of questions. Um, here's the thing: uh, he lived up to it. The especially early on in the outing, he was throwing. I mean, some of the sequences he was unleashing early in the outing were just laughable. It was like a uh, super smash. <laughs> Right, like the a wombo super- combo. I mean, we were doing all kinds of wacky stuff, like sequences you don't even really see in the majors. He was going like double change up fastball. Yeah, he was went a- change. I, I can't remember. It might have been a Christian Scott. Definitely to a lefty. Yeah, yeah no, I wrote it down. Maui Ahuna, that was just not fair. Yeah, the yeah. first two Maui Ahuna bats were unfortunate, but credit to, to he bounced back a little bit later. Got it. Got a knock. Uh, yeah, he but- went. He went combio combio heater. For a quick three pitch K and, to Christian Scott, and just the, those first few innings, I mean, just every Tennessee batter going back to the dugout was just like, "What the fuck am I supposed to do?" And it's always so funny because there's always that moment where 
when they're walking back to the dugout and the guy on deck's like, hey, you know, what, what'd you see? <laughs> I didn't see anything. I am the worst person to ask in this situation. I saw nothing. Don't ask me. I, I was standing you. there and then the umpire told me to go sit down. I don't know. You tell me. Some guy from the Air Force yelled at me and I had to go. Uh, every time someone struck out against Paul Skeens, uh, in my head was the jingle from Backyard Baseball when someone strikes out like the do 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 and speaking of backyard baseball he also had quite a few instances where thrown on a monday swung on a tuesday could have been incorporated <laughs> from the great play-by-play -play of the gooch. sunny day sunny day oh sunny day that was yeah. a sunny day line not yeah. Benny the gooch the mike monaco of backyard baseball um yes so uh skeens was amazing what else happened in this game? Well, because, I want to do more schemes. Okay, yeah, that's fair. We, we could do a whole pot on we, schemes, but yeah. I just, like, every year... Just, let me back up. Jordan, you and I particularly do so much baseball prognosticating, and a lot of what we do is, is saying, this thing here is special. That thing there is unique. Over this, over there, that's cool as well. And I think we lose the peaks in that way when we say everything's amazing. And Steve is certainly a, 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 a criminal in this regard. You are guilty. Well, 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 we got to think. I do call everything amazing, but some things I call effing amazing. Yeah. Which, that's how you can tell the peaks. I just want to say, what we saw this season, all season long, from Paul Skeens, and what we saw tonight in particular for, from Paul Skeens was special. It was unique. It is something that I will remember for a long, long time to see a pitcher on this stage at such a remarkable level compared to his competition is it was I feel very fortunate I got to see. And him. also the other thing about that. And of course, I, I love the draft and I like to think about that. But I also don't want to think about that for, for nights like this. And I also don't want to be throwing stuff around about what Paul Skeens would do right now. We did this with, with Rocker and Lighter and some of the other great pitchers we've had recently. It's like, he would go seven scoreless against the Brewers tomorrow. It's like, he probably wouldn't, and that doesn't fucking matter. It's because like Jack, right now— Jack Lighter's getting freaking crushed. Right, he wasn't double, right but it doesn't—like, you know? doesn't, again, it's not about that. It's about the fact that we are watching him do amazing things right now in Omaha for the LSU Tigers, which is the whole reason he's there, which is amazing. Now, the last thing I want to say about Skeens is— when will we see him pitch again? I think it's lined up that I believe the first championship game would be Sunday. Now, if they lose Monday, it might get a little bit more complicated. They have to bring him back for one of those second last games of the first bracket. We'll find out. But we will obviously see him again. I hope we see him again at some point. I guess LSU could lose twice and then we don't. But, um, uh, yeah, it's going to be uh, – he's, he's amazing, Steve. He really is. Yeah, he's, uh, he's the real deal. When, when I say everybody's amazing and then I say Paul Skeens is amazing, it's a little bit different. It's a different level of amazing. I typically use things like alien and freak, mm. and I mean that in a good way. If I doubt Paul reads my Twitter and is like, I wonder what this guy's saying about me, the guy who threw, I don't know, 15 miles an hour slower than me. Um, he's probably not, but if he were and he reads that and goes, man, that's not nice, I want him to know that's a compliment. He, so, he good job, Paul. He throws three parking lot speed limits faster than you. Yeah, that um, hurts. Let's. Uh, <laughs> I don't think this game, especially for the first half, requires as much kind of kind of running through it. But a few other things that stand out: Braden Joe Bear, uh, triple double homer tonight. That's has to be one of the better offensive games of in Omaha. Right, yeah, I, I have year. to imagine. Well, just not just this year. Like, I mean, how many? I, I that just feels like three extra base hits in, in a College World Series game feels significant. Um, so that was very impressive. And Gavin Dugas, who had homered earlier in the season off of both Chase Dolander and Chase Burns in back-to-back -back days, takes Andrew Lindsay deep. 
I can't imagine there are many players in college baseball who have homered off all three of those guys. So very impressive for Gavin Dugas in his 17th year uh, with the Tigers uh, to make that happen. Very little today from Tommy White, relatively. Right. Very little today. Looking at my, my box score. Very little today, relatively, from Trey Morgan, besides a single in the first. Dylan Cruz had a weird bloop double in the seventh and a single the other way in the third. But it was really the bottom of the order. Dugas and Jobert carrying this offense today, which was very impressive. Which, um, again, when you have skins on the mound, you don't need that much. So for the first, you know, two-thirds of this game, it's pretty straightforward. LSU scores runs in different innings and bunches, takes a lead. Skeens is allowing nothing. Now, Skeens starts to tire. And in the eighth inning... He was only throwing 99. He was only throwing 99. <laughs> How but, could he get tired of that? <laughs> what? Yeah, you would never get tired I of that. I conserved a lot of energy by not throwing 99, I will say. But oh. you still got tired. <laughs> and your UCL disagreed. Yeah. If you got tired yesterday by shagging batting practice... I thought I was going to die. Yeah, I wasn't yeah. tired. I was near death. <laughs> Different. That's a different adjective. Anyway, so Skeens is, I guess, technically tiring. His command, I would say at the very least, his command was certainly getting a little shaky after the sixth. He was finding more barrels compared to what he was throughout the game. Christian Scott with a one-out double off of him in the top of the eighth before Maliahuna kind of trickled a single up the middle to bring in the first run for the Volunteers and knock Skeens out of the contest. Okay, but it's still 5-1. to one. No worries. Runner on first, two down. In comes Gavin Gidry out of the bullpen. Gavin, Gid- Gavin Gidry, a very uh, highly touted shortstop prospect <laughs> who arrived on campus uh, and has developed into an extremely reliable reliever for Jay Johnson and the LSU Tigers, and especially down the stretch. And here comes Gavin Gidry. And what did he do, Steve? How he, many pitches did he How many he pitches throw? did he throw, Steve? Yes, but he also <laughs> threw a pickoff. Yeah, which so one got, and a half. Yeah, the pickoff. Sometimes you do that. You know, if you come into a game too quick, you just pick off like six times. You're loose. <laughs> Use yeah. the pickoff. It's as a like, hey, hey, um, first base. Just so you know, sliders coming this next one. I like that. That's a great. That, w- what a life hack <laughs> for this one easy trick. Pro play. Anyway, Gavin Gidry comes in first pitch, breaking ball, ding dong for Hunter Ensley. I want to give a shout out to Chris Burke. On the broadcast. Go back and listen to it. It's phenomenal, Steve. I don't know if you heard it yet. But Berkey goes, you know, if you're if you're Hunter Ensley, uh, you got to know that Gavin Gidry throws about, you know, two-third percent breaking ball. That's got to be in the front of your mind right here. Ding! Boom! Home run on an 85. <laughs> as the ball. As the ball is uh, slowly kind of looping, spinning into the middle of the strike zone. Hunter Ensley, third hit of the day after getting two hits against Paul Skeens. What a superhero that Hunter Ensley is. Um, so Gidry had allowed a homer against Oregon State uh, in the regional, but he was excellent against Kentucky. And so him being the first guy out of the bullpen, you know, made some sense. But then, boom, Jay Johnson's like, oh, okay, one pitch, one homer. Don't love that ratio. So we're going to go to Riley Cooper, Steve's friend, Riley Cooper. And here comes Riley Cooper, and he gets out of the jam there. What does Riley Cooper look like, Steve? Riley Cooper just looks like he's been doing nothing but listening to hard rock music and getting ready to punch people out, you know? So he he looks like he either just got out of a Def Leppard concert or he is going to punch out a million people in the steroid era. Let's just say Riley Cooper does not look like Paul Skeens. 
They're a little different. They're, no, okay. but it was good. I, I feel like Gidry was kind of like the palate cleanser from <laughs> Skeens <laughs> to Cooper. So, like, I kind of think of this like Jay Leno's garage, correct? So sure. Jay Leno, he has all sorts of cars. Some of them really fast. Some of them really high end, you know, Paul Skeens. Some of them really great condition, old Ford F-150s, you know? We can go back to it. It, go, it all comes back. He is the great condition Ford F-150 for this bullpen, and he just keeps getting the job done. Not an ad. Um, <laughs> thank you, Steve. Um, but but yes. after, after the final out of that inning, so, you know, he, he comes into the game, he allows a single to Jared Dickey, and Christian Moore, the well-built second baseman for the Volunteers, who really is built the opposite of Mr. Riley Cooper, uh, is the tying run, and he strikes out on a pitch, a slider, which was probably like a half ball off the plate, too close yeah. to take, punches him out, not an egregious call. And off as he's walking off the mound, Riley Cooper, ain't nobody can touch me. Great sentence. Great sentence. It was, it was exquisite. Put I'm, it on a shirt. I hope to have Riley Cooper repeat the line in person in the hotel lobby in about 30 minutes, if we are so fortunate. Um, yeah, it was great. And everyone's like, oh, he's a five-year right. Who cares? You get out of an inning in Omaha. Like, at this point, who gives a shit? He doesn't not, care if he's right year. then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. He doesn't care if his ERA is 1,000. He's in the game, but he's you know helping his team win, um, which is a good transition to the ninth inning when we get, uh, I guess, first of all, or sorry, the bottom of the eighth, we get the Braden Bear home run. So that's another little cushion there for Mr. Cooper. And then he comes in, uh, strikes out Denton. Uh, Merritt flies out. We get an error. Uh, Blakeberg reaches on error. And then Christian Scott lines one right back to Riley Cooper. He snags it. Gold Glover, Riley Cooper. And doesn't really know what to do. He just kind of holds the ball up and is like, hey, oh, all right, game over, GG. You did it. And uh, LSU Tigers are 1-0 here in Omaha. There you go. They did it. Where do things, go Tigers. Where do things go from here? Uh, the Volunteers, I think, are set up better than any other team to, <clears throat> excuse me, to make their way through the loser's bracket considering the amount of starting pitching depth they have. I like did not use Chase Burns tonight also. Did not use their best reliever, Chase Burns tonight. They have Drew Beam still, and then Chase Dolander, who will be a first-round pick in a month. He, and Dolander will go. Dolander will Monday. almost certainly go against, against Stanford. Stanford on Monday. Anything else from this game? LSU Wake Forest. Uh, I, I assume these two teams are battling it out in the lobby downstairs as we speak. Okay. Well, well let's, let's, uh, let's get to that Wake Forest. I mean, spoiler. Well, if you're listening to this and you didn't, yeah, what were you going to say? I was going to say, well, before we get to Wake Forest, I would like to just give a quick Jello shot update. Can we do that? Yeah. Do we just get another one? I don't know if we do. Oh, yeah, but I'll, I, check. I'll check. I I'll would check. like to talk about the latest, the Jello shot update, Jello shot challenge here at Omaha, obviously. Not an ad put on by Rocco's Pizza and Cantina, which is a hilarious thing about it. Who can drink the most Jello <laughs> shots? Jordan just pulled up his phone and gasped. Big reaction. All right. I know none well, of these numbers. I haven't checked in a while. Okay, we have our latest update is about 20 minutes ago. Perfect. We're recording this at 10:30 local time. And LSU, who I believe before the the, the previous uh, update was about 5 hours ago and LSU was at 5700. Okay? <laughs> before they had even thrown a pitch. Um we just got an update 20 minutes ago and LSU is over 7000. They are at 7177. Uh, and they tweet out, is there a chance LSU baseball breaks 10K tonight? 
I mean, that I, honestly, that tells me that what this kind of scene is over there, that they're just probably just going nonstop right now, which makes sense. I actually hope they don't. I like I, I'm I'm in for like getting getting rowdy and whatnot, but breaking ten three thousand more tonight is might be a problem. Uh, Do you think anyone's ever been cut off from Jello shots? Not or? at that place, clearly. I don't think it. All for a good cause. I mean, they're raising real money for food banks and everything. Like it's all yeah, it's no, all good. No, they do a yeah. lot of great work. Yeah, this with is their they the, do. the proceeds are. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the proceeds are going to, to good causes here. So we support this this challenge, of course. And how much ground does Wake Forest need to make up? So Wake is at 3,800, which is a very impressive, yeah. like, Respectable nicely, Good nicely you, done. Wake. They are in a clear-cut second place, which is which is strong. And then you have kind of the next tier is TCU around 1,600, Florida around tw- uh, 1,200, Oral Roberts at 1,800. So Oral Roberts currently in third place, incredible. Tennessee down at 1,149. And the bottom is Virginia and Stanford, who have yet to crack 500, which LSU doubled during the game. <laughs> Yeah, Steve, I would say more disappointing than UVA's catastrophe the other night is your school's performance in the Jell-O Shot Challenge. Well, think about it. You know me, right? Why do you know me? I know you because you're alive. Why why do most people know me? Because I talked about inflation. I talked about how we should be fighting it. That's a great point. $450 to $5 over the course of a year, that's pretty big. Today's episode is brought to you by inflation. Thanks. Do it in your tires and not your economy. <laughs> Amazing. Um, All right, let's transition <laughs> to the afternoon game, Wake Forest and Stanford. This was a dandy. It was interrupted by a 90-minute, I'm not calling it a rain delay because there was no rain. 90-minute nice weather delay. <laughs> Fake news storm. 90-minute, uh, there was some scary lightning six and a half miles away delay. Um Always just a weird scene, weird sight when that happens. But it has been sort of a theme throughout this entire tournament, so it was fitting that it was going to – we did get one here in Omaha. Um, Anything from the beginning – I mean, the beginning of this game, we got a Brock Wilkin homer on his birthday. That was freaking sweet. Happy birthday, Brock. That was really cool. And then – but Stanford, uh, eventually, they took the lead right uh, on a Carter Graham single in the third inning. The delay was when was it? It was in the sixth, I believe. It was right after Carter Graham hit his second double off the wall, which I believe was the seventh inning. It was with two outs. Sorry, one out in the top of the seventh. In the top of the seventh inning, correct. With a runner on second base and one out. Yes, Uh, our twenty-eight delay. Uh, Seth Keener comes in after the delay and looks fantastic. Uh, Really, the first reliever. I guess until Riley Cooper at the end to come in and just look absolutely awesome. <laughs> uh, nice to see that. So good for Seth Keener. Makes sense because Wake Forest is really good. And then Wake Forest, in a cl- again, a close game, they managed to rally in the bottom of the eighth. Nick Kurtz walks against Nick Dugan. They bring in Ryan Bruno. Wilkin draws a walk. And then uh, sack bunt ground out second and third. And then Danny Corona. We are celebrating him tonight by drinking some of that. Uh, Danny Corona, who, you know, at one point no one wanted to touch him because he was a pandemic, has been one of the best hitters in college baseball for the last month or so, as if Wake Forest needed good players, more good players. And he delivers. Go ahead. And uh, 
Mr. Camden Manasi, one of your favorites, Steve, comes mm-hmm. in and says, "Hey guys, uh, ball game over. That's going to be Clean, it. Easy save. That's going to be it for you. <laughs> that's uh, and that's what he did. And, and he gave us some 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 hype. He brings hi- juice. He brings the juice oh, yeah. when he got after that last out. And uh, I mean, it was it was pretty straightforward. It was pretty clean. It we had some moments of star power. The Stanford offense never really got going, and and the Wake pitching was was more than good. Louder was good, not great. Stanford. The issue here is they had Louder on the ropes multiple times early in the game. And they couldn't cash in. They got one run in the first inning, and they had the bases loaded and one out. Right. They were able to get one run in on a hit by pitch with the bases juice from Malcolm Moore. But besides that, I mean, they really did not. They put pressure on louder. Like, they had a lot of traffic, but they just couldn't get runs across. And, like, louder being fine was a great precursor to Skeens because Skeens was so good. And it was like, oh, this is the difference between louder and Skeens. Yes, but louder, I think louder was honestly pretty good. I mean, he, he was worked hard in those first few innings, but, like, Against a really good Stanford lineup, he he did pitch his way out of those a lot of those. He jams. pitched great, yeah. But yeah, I'm, he looked I'm good. No, but I agree. Yeah, it was yeah. A, it was a nice uh, sort of very much an appetizer to what Skeens gave us. And then I will say, if there was a turning point with with the delay, you know, you don't want to get too much you know caught up in like how that impacted the strategy. But I mean, Drew Dowd was throwing really well there, and then they uh, obviously were not able to keep him in the game, so that was a little bit unfortunate. But other than that, yeah, anything else from this game, Steve? No, just Brock Wilkin, good job with the oh, home run so bomb. Cool. I mean, like, something about this Wake team, just the way they play, like, it really seemed like they were going to win the whole time. It did, like, yeah. even when they were down, it was like, all right, well, they're just going to get to at some point. It was like a spoiler. Well, it's also great because now, like, they have two one-run victories in the postseason, and then their other games, they've won by 15. Yeah, so run like, differential still just insane. <laughs> right. So it's uh, it's been it's been an interesting little run for them, but really impressive all-around performance. And, uh, and that's with them only having six hits, right? And so if Wake can win only getting six hits, like, watch the fuck out. Imagine if they had seven, what they can do when that happens. Incredible. Steve, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Brock Wilkin home run on his 21st birthday. What did you do on your 21st birthday? On my 21st birthday, I went up to Towson, um, just a small city north of Baltimore. Um, I went to a place called the Green Turtle because my friend Jack Finn, his dad worked for the Green Turtle. My friend Jack Finn, who was a roommate at UMBC and catcher, was a child actor in a Green Turtle commercial, believe it or not. So I went with him to the Green Turtle. Uh, See you at the Turtle? See you at the the Turtle. turtle. Um, But, uh, yeah. Ad, ad, not fake. Uh, <laughs> no, no free ads. Um, but uh, who, anyway, that's where I went and listened to a bunch of punk rock. Yeah, who had say. a better 21st birthday, would you say? You or, I, or so Brock Wilkin, homering in Omaha? I saw Brock in the lobby um, just a, just about an hour ago. He's getting back from dinner, and I go, hmm, pretty memorable 21st birthday, wouldn't you say? And he goes, yeah, man, it was awesome. I was like, yeah, I was born in December. It sucked. <laughs> <laughs> Not that it matters. You're like, I couldn't hit a home run in Omaha on my 21st birthday. Yeah, and that's the only thing that stopped me, really. Right, I was going to say. It's just inconvenient time. Some other big news. Brock Wilkin is an official big donkey athlete. Is he not? Yes, he is. So he is the second official NIL deal of the big donkey brand. The first coming earlier today with Ethan O'Donnell, where he received 30 hats because... I mean, you do the math on that one. It's easier to do one NIL deal with one kid and give him 30 hats to do with what he pleases. So Convenient. 
Yeah. You, oh, whoa. The I wonder system, where those are going. The system has loopholes. It's going to be really, really funny when the NCAA is like, no, Steve, that's not how that works. And I get like just banned from You get baseball. reprimanded. Can't wait. <laughs> uh, big Donkey Brock. Uh, excited yeah. to celebrate with him this evening, uh, maybe. Um, Let's talk a little bit about tomorrow. And in talking yes. about tomorrow, I think we should probably, for just a second. Well, hold on, hold on. Quickly before tomorrow. Uh, Wake Forest, LSU. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fucking. Sweet. I'll probably watch that. <laughs> that. I assume it'll be Hartle against probably Ty. It seems like Ty Floyd. Some discussion. Oh, do you go Hurd here? I don't know. Um, either way, you know, Wake should have the edge in that sense. Um, and LSU will just have any. It's just not Paul Skeens, right? It's just that simple. It's not. No disrespect to their other pitchers who are very talented. It's just not Paul Skeens. So Wake's got to be feeling pretty good. But that's going to be amazing. I'm so excited for that game. I mean, there was no version of that side of the bracket where Monday was not going to be amazing, but uh, that's kind of where we're at. Anyway. All right, Steve, we're going to talk about Virginia now. Okay. <laughs> Did you have anything else to say about uh, Wake and tennis, I mean, tennis or in LSU? No, no. Okay. I think I'm going to go to the zoo when they play, just hang out there mm, okay. with the Tigers, see what they're feeling, what they're talking about. Oh, that's smart. I like know, that. That's some to, good journalism. We're trying to grow the game, so we got to get Tigers talking about baseball. You know, Steve, uh, LSU. Uh, no, not LSU. Steve, Virginia. LSU. Okay, no, Virginia. let's talk about LSU. Tomorrow Steve. afternoon. Wait, one second. Sorry. We gave you an out yesterday. Yeah, you did. Thank you. Because we're good friends. We Thank knew you. you. I appreciate you picking me up. I'm sure yesterday was painful for you. Oh, yeah. Not just because you're a UVA fan, but I'm sure you know you have a good relationship with Jake Barry. Mm-hmm. And you lived his experience in some ways. And so I, I know it was not the best day in the world for you. But I want just to give you the quick opportunity to say whatever you want to say about yesterday's heartbreaking Virginia loss. And if you don't want to say anything, you don't have to, but you probably should. I will say this, and I'll tell you exactly the way I feel. So I met Jake Barry when he was a freshman in the, in the spring because I took the fall off, and I was 24 years old. And Jake Barry has grown a lot since then, but – the first day I met him and all the other freshmen, I remember someone was having some issues at practice, and I pulled them aside, and I said, hey, look, whatever you're going through, I've been in college for six years now. I'm 24 years old, and I'm a bit of a shithead. So I've probably been through it. If you guys ever need advice or need help on the field, like with anything, I'm more than happy to do it. Am I thrilled that I had to, you know – Put myself through one experience to relate to another? No. And it stinks that it happened to a friend because you never want to see that to a friend. But Jake Barry has competed his whole season and is a main, main reason that UVA is here in the first place. There were a lot of opportunities for them to lose before where Jake Barry said, no, not yet, not now. And, you know, people may say, oh, what's Coach O'Connor thinking, like, doing this? I don't know. I'm not a coach. I have not coached a team to Omaha multiple times. I have never been a contributing factor in a win in Omaha in my entire life. Neither have we. Yeah. See? And that's okay. Right. But Brian O'Connor has, and I trust that man. I trust that man with my whole heart. My whole soul, I won't second-guess him because he has the knowledge and the experience that I don't have yet. And I don't know if I'll ever get. Probably won't because my path to Omaha as Stephen Schock now is much easier than the coaches have it. 
So I'll probably just stay in this position. But, you know, it was heartbreaking for the guys, but I was – I'm confident they can bounce back. Yes, and we're obviously we know we don't need to review how all that happened again with you, but let's spin it forward. Sunday, one o'clock, Omaha time. The UVA uh, Wahoo 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 will be taking on the TCU Horny Frogs. Um, I assume it will be Connolly early. I don't know if that is for yes, sure. It, is. it will be Connolly early, which I think gives them an edge. Mm-hmm. over whoever TCU starting, Sam Stoutenborough, I'm not sure. Um, I think this one could get a little more uh, could, offensive. It could get angry. It could get angry. Right. I think I don't think Kyle Teal and Jake Elf are going over six, mm-hmm. and I really like UVA in this matchup. I think this is kind of how I felt about any version of how this was going to work out in this loser's bracket game where Florida had lost <laughs> – if it was Oral Roberts or whatever, it, 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 one of Virginia or UVA was going to be pretty pissed off, regardless of how that game went. And I think that with those lineups, I just think they're going to do serious damage. And then that's what's going to happen. Yeah. So I I hope that uh, – I mean, Steve's going to be here anyway, but I, I do hope you get to see UVA victory here. I'm yeah. rooting for it for you. But, uh, yeah, I think that's I think you have a lot of reasons to be confident for tomorrow. Yeah, I think, I think we'll be good. I think we'll be good. Night yeah. game tomorrow. Mm. Florida. <laughs> Oral Roberts, the underdog of Florida taking on the Titan, the Goliath, Oral Roberts. <laughs> Oral Roberts, I think, has more wins than Florida this year, but let me check that. That's, that's awesome. That sounds right. I mean, I just love that their attitude is just like, hey, we're here. We might, we're going to play this game regardless. We might as well win. You know, like we made the trip, made the trip out. Right. It's so nonchalant. There's not a single chalant. No, I that notably unchalanted. Unchalanted team. Uh, anything else about tomorrow, guys? I'm ready to go have beers in the lobby with Riley Cooper. I just want to say Oral Roberts is incredible, and they have not seen anything remotely close to <laughs> Florida this season despite winning 52 games. Uh, but I think the combination of Hurston Waldrop and the Florida offense, yeah, Florida has 51 wins. And Oral Roberts has 52. So Ooh. we'll see if uh, if uh, Oral Roberts can maintain that lead. I'm excited for both of those games. I am leaving early, 6 a.m. tomorrow. I'm leaving. My flight is not that long from right now, which is going to make my next uh, hours of drinking very interesting. You are leaving storyline to watch. than Connolly early. Yes. <laughs> I will be home, hopefully, before Connolly early throws a pitch. To uh, home. Uh, but uh, looking forward to that. Uh, I will miss you, gents. Um, Jake will be here for a few more days. But it's been a pleasure to podcast here in person with both of you. Thank you all for supporting this podcast. And for those of you who said hello in Omaha and support Steve and buy his hats and everything, uh, it's all been very cool. Uh, Steve, uh, final words before we go back to the lobby to hang out with Big Donkey Brock. Man, I'm going to miss you, man. Appreciate you, Steve. But, hey. See you soon, bud. I'll, I'll hold down Fort out here in Omaha. Hold down Fort. Yeah, that's a word, right? Is that is that how it goes? No. The fort. No, just fort. Hold on. <laughs> I don't, okay. because that limits me. Look, I don't want to be put in a box. I want to be open to any fort. All right, everybody. That's it. I need to go. Ahead.